It's funny how the ebb and flow of the worship and sometimes the music that's selected really can just speak to your hearts. Whether it's this victory sign that we just got done singing with a mighty fortress or was that invitation to come broken and to know that earth has no sorrow, that heaven can't heal. Uh, I don't know where you are in the whole gamut of things, but I'm just going to throw this out here. This month, in the 12 years that I've been in a ministry, it's probably been one of the hardest, most emotional months in my course of trying to minister to people. The very reason that I'm standing here today means that the Adams family is heading off to Oregon. I wasn't supposed to preach this last service in the gym, but here I am. It all came to a full head and and culmination as I was driving. On Wednesday morning at 3 a.m., I was the sole vehicle driving through town, set to minister to my family and bury my last grandparent. By the time I got in my car and made my way to the intersection of Maine and Genesee, I was already lost in thought. I don't remember driving south towards town at all. What was going on in my head at that time was just a swirl of emotion and this question, would my aunt and my uncles receive me as a pastor or as this bratty nephew that they saw grow up? As I got to speak about the hope that we have even though their mom was gone, my grandma. Or what about my family that hasn't been in church since 2011 at the last family funeral? Would they even care about hearing about Jesus and the message of hope and life everlasting? Would they hear it or are their hearts so hard to this idea of God that they wouldn't want anything to do it? And how dare you, Sean, tell us about your religion? Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. By the time I got past Brunner's, I was reminded of that. You want to know why? Because cleaving through the darkness in that dark 3 a.m. morning sky over at Cross Park off to the west was this bright, white, shining cross that was basically a message saying, Sean, I'm still here. The risen Christ. And in this bright white cross sped me on my way to minister to a hurting family and to be able to carry the day as I looked in my rear view mirror, message was still, yep, still here. Go, give them the hope of the resurrection. And wouldn't you know it, by the time I got back here on Friday, I'd already received two messages from my family. Sean, I think some real healings happened over the last day. Thank you, Lord, because it wasn't this kid. It was all you. Dark times, uncertain times, uncertain future, transitions. We have to get used to new normals. We're going to be getting used to a new normal over in an amazing building. We've had 30 years here to be able to proclaim God's word in the gym and turn this into a house of worship, but now we're facing a new normal. Wow! What great things we have to look forward to. It's the message of the Reformation. You see, back 500 years ago, in a dark time for the church, under a lot of abuses, God said to Martin Luther, a Catholic monk, hey, use the gift of God's grace and just proclaim it to people that desperately need to hear it. And so he and and a number of reformers got that message out. And the hallmark message of the Reformation is this, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. And that message has been proclaimed for 501 years And it's going to continue to be proclaimed 
as we transition from here over to the St. Lawrence Worship and His Event Center, as we get to continue to be the people of God that God has placed right here in Frankenmuth for the proclaiming of his gospel message of life and salvation through Jesus Christ. It's a beacon of hope. It's a message that we have to get out because people are being bombarded and they don't understand what we've been able to experience in the last 20 minutes since we've gathered here. Heartache, brokenness, and a victory song. A message of righteousness declared by our Lord and Jesus himself saying, I'm still here. I'm going to do what we have done every Sunday, whether we're standing here in the gym or over at the sanctuary preaching from the pulpit, and we'll continue to do. We always talk about Christ. And in the gospel lesson today, Jesus had a message for us who would be followers after his own heart. Disciples, he says. He says this in John chapter 8, verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. What does that mean? If you remain in me, if you remain in my word, if you dwell here, if you sit and soak in my word, if you live in my teachings, you're my follower. You're my disciple. And the beautiful thing is this truth happens despite ourselves because, listen, we are being bombarded all the time and the greatest bombardment that comes at us is sin. Sin comes at us from things like temptation that the world throws at us and the devil, but we cling on in our own sinful nature. We grasp onto the sinful ways because our heart is hardened against our Lord. And so God sends the Holy Spirit. God sends a message of salvation. God sends transformation and grace to speak to our hearts and to create new living beings and breathing beings here. And he does it all through the power of his word. And so God Jesus says, remain in my teachings. What does that mean? Be in my word. It's strong. It's living. It's active. And it points you to the fact that earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. It points you to the fact that one little word can fill the fierce prince of this world, the devil. One little word. Gone. Jesus Christ judged the devil We don't need to fear him. We need to respect that he's still at work here in this world and he means to trip us up and he means to hurt us. But ultimately, he cannot. Why? Because we have the living, breathing word living in us. But here's the thing. And this is what broke my heart as I was reflecting on the family that hadn't been in church in eight years. The longer a person has been brought to faith in Jesus Christ, stays away from God's word, the weaker faith becomes. And if faith continues to grow weak and we don't continue to nourish it with God's word, our faith can be snuffed out. It can become lifeless. And people don't want anything to do with God. You see, God's word is not just a list of do's and don'ts. God's word is living and active and breathing. It is air. It is refreshment. It is food for our soul. It is life-giving. We constantly need to be nourishing and sustaining our faith or it's going to die. Jesus reminds us this very clearly in scriptures. He says this in Matthew. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then Isaiah 55, he puts it this way. He says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, 
making it bring forth and sprout, give, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall exceed, succeed the thing for which I sent it. The church is founded on God's word. The Lutheran church draws everything about its teaching from God's word. If it's not in scriptures, we don't proclaim it. God's word is our norm. It's our foundation. It's our firm foundation. It won't change. It's a sea of change. It won't change. It holds us firm. We are anchored to Christ. We have that message that Jesus, the Son of God in human flesh, was crucified and raised from the dead for us. The Bible is all about Jesus. Every sermon that's been preached is all about Jesus and will continue to be. It's his book, his words, inspired for you and for me from the first words of Genesis to the last amen and revelation. It's all about Jesus. The Reformation is, and our ministry here at St. Lawrence is, because we are followers of the one true God. And God's word preaches into our hearts a truth that kindles a faith and keeps it alive. And, and Martin Luther puts it this way. In his works, Luther's works, volume 21, it's, it goes like this. It says, this teaching proves its worth when the devil approaches and says that you are forsaken by God and you're steeped in sin. You see, the devil's trying to judge us and hold our sins against us. It's also invaluable when your conscience denounces you, Luther continues. At such a time, it's not a doctrine of mere words or letters, but a living doctrine that does not tell you what to do and what to say, but how to live and how to defend and preserve your life against death and how to escape the jaws of the devil. It's in such an hour when words and boasting are futile and vain that when we have faith in Christ and believe that he suffered and died for us, that we have life and salvation from sin. Luther continues, Nothing I do, but it is solely Christ's redemptive work, for no one was born of Mary, died and was buried, rose from the dead and ascended into heaven than this one man, Christ. Outside of him, there is no one in heaven or on earth or not even an angel that could help us. So we cling solely to this man and acknowledge him alone to be our Savior. That's why we have Reformation services, to proclaim Jesus. That's why we gather week in and week out. And it's in his word, our firm foundation, when we're being pummeled by all that the world has to throw at us, the devil, our own sinful nature, that we can rest and fall into the arms of the loving God whose arms never fail. And he proved that at the cross. And what do we do? You and I, we have the great honor and we have the great privilege, empowered by the message that Jesus tells us, I'm still here right here with you. We get to go out and show the world by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Amen? Amen.